Good day, dear listeners. Steve Frieda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And today's guest is Joe Newton, who is the owner of EIJ Solutions, and he helps small business owners get their businesses out of their heads and turned into documented systems and processes that can scale. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, Steve. I'm so excited to be here and get to have a conversation with someone else who loves systems and, and blueprints as much as I do. Yes, yeah, so that's going to be a, a blueprint fest here. Love fest. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's get into it. So first of all, how did you get into uh, systemology and entrepreneurship? Tell, tell us a little bit about your journey, Joe. Yeah. So the the quick story is I I started like a lot of people do. I tried to fail in as many ways as possible, as quickly as possible so that I could learn what what not to do. And uh, that that looked a lot of different ways. So I've been heavily involved in real estate over the years. And I had a flipping company that was well-funded, but didn't flip a home. I had a partner who I ended up uh, paying to give me my equity back and, and walk away and uh, yeah, so I, I had a lot of those times, like many of us do, where I was just trying to figure it out. But a big turning point for me happened when I signed up for a 90-day boot camp with a guy named Joshua Smith. And if any of your listeners are out there by computer, you can Google Joshua Smith Real Estate or GSD Mode Podcast, and you'll see a guy who is big, muscly, bald, tattoos, and uh, I'd say he cusses like a sailor, but he could probably make some sailors and truck drivers blush, uh, depending on the day. Not not your prototypical um, business uh, leader, but the reason I signed up for that 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 boot camp was I saw someone who was operating at a high level in the real estate industry, and I saw that he was consistently able to build teams. And get a, a, a consistent result from them. And even outside of that, he was also building other companies and industries that had nothing to do with real estate. And again, seeing a, a consistent result. So during that, that boot camp, I, I learned a ton. But one of my biggest takeaways is he, he started talking about systemizing his business and why it was so important to have systems and processes. And I, I could not have told you what a business system or a process was at the time. And I probably only partially understood it, but I knew there was something in that. And that launched me into years of, of digging into how, how to do this. How do I bring this into my own business? And I began reading books like The, the E-Myth and Traction and Built the Last and, and all of these great books talked about systemizing. You need to systemize your business. So that that got me to a place where I, I was chewing on this a lot over the years and, and started to create and implement it within my business. But bringing us to today, one of the big turning points was when I found out about the systemology framework, which is one of the, the blueprints we're going to talk about today. And, and systemology at its core is a system for systemizing small businesses. And so it was a simple way that I could now help myself and now help others to, to systemize their business and solve that problem. So that's the, the uh, long answer to a short question. <laughs> okay. So I'm very curious. Uh, you know, the e obviously was the first one, to my knowledge, that 
taught small business owners to systemize their business. Uh, obviously, Traction does it uh, to some extent as well. Uh, how is systemology different? And what, you know, how does it, uh, you know, how does it present this whole conundrum of systemizing a business in the length of a book? Because for EMIF, <laughs> it's maybe 10 pages. At the most, uh, traction is probably five. Uh, systemology is at least 150 pages. So <laughs> give me a little, uh, the rundown of how to systemize a business in the systemology way. Yeah. And I, I think you shared one of the big problems that I was having is I was reading these, these really great books, but all of them said you need to systematize and maybe they would give you just a little inkling of, of how you could do it. But there wasn't a resource out there that said, hey, here's the A to Z. Here's how you systematize. And here's it presented in a really simple way, because I'm not a, a doctoral student. I, I'm not really great with these complex ideas. I, I need simple and and systemology is a simple way to do that. And and one of the the best ways I, I think presenting this is to start off with the the four stages of business systemization. And, and what this is, it's a a framework for you to look at and know. Okay, this is where my business is today. And here are a couple of simple steps I can take to get it where I, I really want it. So the, the first stage of, of the business systemization pyramid is, is this. So imagine that, that pyramid and, the, and at the bottom you have the base, which is the survival stage. And this is the stage, it's not bad. Most of us go through this when we're starting off a new business. There's a lot of inconsistency when it comes to certainty the team is making everything up. You know, we're, we're throwing things at the wall. We're figuring out what works, what doesn't for performance. We're mostly just firefighting. We're, we're putting out fires. We're greasing the squeaky wheels. And for buy-in, when it comes to systemization, most times the team hates even the thought of, of systemizing because that's just one more thing that's going to slow me down from getting done the things that I need to do to deliver for my, my customers. And what we see at a high level is that the biggest problem during this stage when it comes to systemization is that the owner becomes the bottleneck. So everything revolves around the owner. So all of the big decisions need to go through the owner. All of the key client relationships are centered on the owner. So everything has to go through the owner. Now, after we, we get through stage one and, and we admit we have a problem. So the owner is the bottleneck. We move into stage two. So the next level up is the stationary phase. And usually we've started to see some consistency within our business. So maybe we've solved our, our leads problem and, and, and we've leveled off. So we're not just firefighting every day, but as far as certainty goes, all of the systems, if there are any, are stored in our employees' heads. So we have key people in our team. Maybe there's a salesperson who he's getting results, but how he's doing it is all stored in his head. Or one of the things, if, if, if you walk into a, a business who's in this stage, a, a way to, to know that they're in the stationary phase is that you see sticky notes everywhere. You'll see sticky notes on the monitor, sticky notes on the desk. We have passwords on sticky notes. We have key things to ask during sales call on, on sticky notes. There, there's a lot of sticky notes that, that are, are uh, within our, our, our team's desk at that point. And for performance, 
Oh, so, sorry, go so, ahead. So let me, let me take a, just, just to slow you down a little bit. The first stage, uh, the survival stage. So you said that survival, the people are just trying to keep their heads above the water, uh, just to defeat the fires every day. And then they are confronted with the need to build systems, but the owner becomes the bottleneck because they have to approve everything. So give me a little bit more detail there. So what do the employees do at this stage? Uh, how do they tackle it? Is it just the description of a stage when there are really no systems, just the idea of a system? So yes. please explain it to me. Yeah, at, at this stage, most there's not really any systemization at this stage because it's it's at the beginning of the business. And, and it's really key. We all know if we've started a business that the business owner needs to have their hands in all the pies at the beginning. They need to have that very close touch on the pulse of, of what's happening, but everything is changing on the day-to-day -day because we might not have a, a system or a process for how we get leads. So we're figuring out, okay, how, how do we get leads? How do we convert those leads? How do we then deliver the, the product at a, at a certain level? All of these questions are usually being figured out or answered during the survival stage. So there, there isn't a whole lot to systemize when you're first entering in that stage. So, so essentially the owner, basically everyone goes to the owner for every question, with every question, and, uh, and then the owner is the bottleneck because they have to answer everything. There's no system. If there is any system, it's in the head of the owner. And yes. therefore, uh, basically, it's it's uh, the genius with a handful of helpers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in the best case. Yes. Okay. So, and the next stage, the stationary stage is when you have stationary all over the place. You have sticky notes <laughs> everywhere. So, people are starting to kind of have an outline of the process, and but it's not organized. It's not put in one place, but it's essentially very ad hoc. Um you know, trying to have some kind of rep repeatability, but it's not uh, managed in any way. Yeah, it's very key person dependent at this point uh, because you'll have certain people within the, the business, like we mentioned, maybe it's the salesperson, maybe it's your operations person who are figuring out what works and what doesn't. So they might've created some email templates for themselves, or they might've created a document that gives them an, an outline or, or they have those, those sticky notes, but it's the most dangerous time for you to have a business with employees who use mass transit, because if that one person gets hit by a bus, you might lose a whole department at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is dangerous. So what happens after the stationary? What's the next stage? Yeah. So after we have the, the stationary phase, and, and I do want to add for that phase, when it comes to your, your culture and your buy-in, you'll have some people who are in to, to creating processes and systems and, and some who are out. And the way we move from stationary to the, the next stage, which is scaling. So we're, we're scalable is where we want to get to once we get out of, of stationary. And the way we do that is we begin to identify who those key knowledge workers are within our business, and we extract that process from them. And, and that can happen in a, a myriad of different ways, whether that's asking them to do a screen share and just talk out loud through the process that they're going through. Or if you have people who go out in the field, you say, hey, will you wear a GoPro and just record yourself doing this task and talk through that? But any way we can, we want to get that knowledge out of their head and document it in some way, form, or, or fashion. And if we start to do that, that's what's going to allow us to get to that scalable phase 
which when when it comes to certainty, we, we have partial documentation. It might not all be in the, the same place and it might not all be created with, with the same formatting, but we do start to have partial documentation, even though they're, they're clunky solutions when it comes to, to the performance of the business. And so, so, so when you say document, do you mean like uh, write it down? Um, mm -hmm. Or you also mean document by way of videos and and checklists and screenshots and so is this a homogenized or an organized documentation or is it just getting the no, information in whatever to, form to uh, get out form. of the the stationary it, it's it's probably not super well organized and in mm -hmm. 2021 you're going to see a lot of people utilizing Dropbox or G Drive. Or some of these these other solutions to where they'll they'll have a, a folder maybe they have a, a marketing folder and maybe they have an operations folder and maybe ha they have an hr folder and then within the marketing folder they're going to have uh email and onboarding and they'll have you know folders within folders and I, i've even seen some people in this stage to where they'll have a, a word document that outlines what the key systems kind of are and then there are different Word documents within that folder for each one of those. So it they, they've started to document in different ways and, and extract those, whether that's a video or a Word doc, and starting to organize it. But it's usually a very clunky application. Does that make sense, Steve? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, okay, so I've got it. Uh, I've got the raw data in different various forms. And then what's next? Is this a scalable already if I have that? Uh, at this point, you can begin to become scalable. So you, you have the option to start scaling. And, and that's going to be the, the key activity that we take during this stage is going to be the, the organizing of that. So the best thing that you can do to get out of the the scaling phase and into our next phase is to take all of that extraction that you've done in the different forms and figure out how do we take the friction out of this process because mm -hmm. when it comes to, to buy-in during the the scaling phase is constant reminding becomes constant you're always having to tell people hey do it this way hey go back to this do it that no don't do that do this and if we can begin to organize that and take away the friction, that's mm -hmm. what's going to allow us to go from scaling to what I used to call the, the sellable phase. But now after meeting you, I think I'm going to change it to the, the buyable phase. That's to having, the mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank, you, thank, thank you for that. Yes, buyable phase. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'll tell real quick, that, that was such a light to me. I was like, you know what? That's right. You can stick a for sale sticker on anything. But there's a real difference between that company and the one that people actually are like, hey, that's an asset I, I would like to own. I'll pay you money for it. So our top of the pyramid is that 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 sellable or that that buyable phase. So once we've been began, began to to organize our system, so we've extracted them from our key knowledge workers and we've organized them in a way that that reduces friction so that people actually want to utilize them and don't have a problem with with finding the information that they need we we enter into the that sellable or buyer so now we've smoothed out uh everything that is a major system has been completely documented when it comes to precision we're running like a swiss watch 
and your culture, your, your buy-in has moved from constant reminding to you hearing the phrase, this is the way we do things here. Mm -hmm. we, we go, we check our systems. This is the way we do it. Okay, boom, everyone's on the same page. And, and from here, you enter into the key action being optimizing. So mm -hmm. we, we create dashboards and we go to that next step to tweaking the systems so that then we can accomplish the, the next goals that we have for, for our company in whatever uh, way that might manifest itself. So when you complete the sellability or viability phase, or the viability, involves other things as well right yeah 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 these are high level terms right <laughs> yes yes so when you get to this fourth s like the peak of the pyramid where it's the this the way of your you know it's ECMA ink way or whatever it is <laughs> uh, what does it look like so how do you know that you've got the way down what, yeah. what, does, it, what does it look like uh, to you as the expert, you walk into this company or you walk out of the company having completed that phase, what, what, does, uh, what does the system of my scalable or actually sellable company look like? Yeah, great question. And, and I think that is good to remind everyone that in these four stages, we're talking about business systemization. This is not complete business as a whole. There are a lot of factors that go into having a business that is, is sellable or, or is viable. But when it comes to systems, some of the, the key attributes of a company who's entered into this phase, they have well-documented systems. And, and what I mean when I, when I say well-documented, usually they have some sort of simple technology to where their systems, their policies, and their training live. And it's in a place to where they're organized in a way that they take away the friction. So people not only want to use, but it's, it's easy to use. So they have, have a place that, that is, is where all of their, their systems live and are easy to use. When it comes to the cultural side of that, we've trained everyone to check here. So what we see a lot, especially in the earlier phases, are that business owners, even unknowingly, will train their staff to come to them for the answers, as opposed to training them to, to look in the documentation or, or look in the system. I'll give you a quick example of this. So I was working with a, a client recently, and he had a new uh, offering with his business that was just taking up a ton of his time. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked him, I said, what about this specific new offering is, is such, wh wh where's the time suck coming from? And as he talked through it and processed with me through this, he started describing how clients, they, they would have an offering. It was a, a pool repair uh, offering. And he would have these clients and they would say, hey, we have this problem. He would have a tech go out and the tech would say, this is our, our solution for you. You need to replace this, this pump or this filter, or this section but they would continue to get pushback. And any escalation, undoubtedly, the owner would end up on the phone and being the one to talk through the, the client saying, well, how old is your system? What's this? Okay, well, this is why we offer this X, Y, and Z and transition them into that, that sale. And as we dug deeper into that, what he, he found out, what he realized was he had been telling his, his employees that, hey, I've got the knowledge of the, the pool industry. I also have the, the customer service skills. 
So I'm the one that you should come to when you, when you have this problem. Instead of creating a, a systems culture, so a sellable business that is at that level, what they would look like is you would have your employees, they might come to you and say, hey, we have this problem with a client. Can you help us? And his first response should have been, have you checked the systems? Have you gone to a system hub, a process street, whatever technology solution, have you looked here for the answer? And if the answer is no, he should have said, hey, go check there and see if there's an answer. And if they go and they check the systems and come back and they say, hey, the answer is not here, then they know, okay, let me come in and I'll help solve it this time. But after that, get with what I would call the systems champion and have them extract that process. So, okay, we ask this question, this question, this question, mm -hmm. we do X, Y, and Z, which solves this. So now there's an answer for his, his team to utilize and he can train them to now use that system just like he does. So when it comes up, he points them there, there's the answer. He doesn't get pulled in and he can focus on being the visionary and doing those key skills that he's good at. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, uh, that's really cool. So how does this system get managed? So you mentioned the champion. Is this like there is a champion for each system? Is there like a czar for the whole system? <laughs> I'm seriously asking. Yeah, no, and, no, no. I, it's a and, great question. And, uh, uh, the other question is, you know, what is the management process? Is there a management process uh, for the whole system um, repository, whatever it is? to kind of keep it uh, up to date. Yeah, and what we're really talking about here is, at its core is that we don't wanna just create systems and processes that are, that are really well done because one of the myths we see is people think, hey, if I create amazing systems and processes, they're documented, they're kept in a technology that's easy to use, then people are going to use them automatically. And that's, that's, that's a myth because mm -hmm. If we don't have a culture that's built around systems, then we're going to always be constantly reminding people things aren't going to get updated, which I think is at the, the core of your, your, your question. How do we build that, that, that culture and that consistency to mm -hmm. not only create systems, but to make sure that they're, they're updated? And I, I would say a couple of things. We could probably have a, a whole conversation just about this, this one issue, but... The, the first step is the leadership team, whether that's just the owner or you have a board, wh whatever size you're at, the leadership team making an intentional decision that we are going to make systems a priority within our business. And this is something we're going to invest in. So that's step one. The next step, and this is going to be the hardest one for those visionaries out there. I'm in Texas, so I call them the, the visionary gunslingers. They have a million ideas. They're brilliant at what they do, but they're always ready about that next thing is to, to lead by example. Mm -hmm. the, the leadership team first needs to make the intention. We're going to do this. Then they need to be the ones who once systems are and processes are in place, they actually follow them. The, the big thing we see with those visionaries You've decided we're going to be a systems-oriented business. We're going to create these systems. So we're starting to, to, to have that well-oiled machine. We have an integrator in there. But then the visionary or the business owner gets a new idea for, say, a, a new sales funnel that, that he's going to create. And he's going to have all these amazing leads. And it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for, for revenue. Instead of following the system that's in place and 
putting that down on paper, bringing it to the quarterly meeting so that the leadership team can decide that that's going to be a rock that they, they want to implement. And then bringing that to the team, the, the visionary or the leader, he goes straight to the marketing department and says, Hey, I need you to create a landing page for this. No, no, don't, don't finish what you're doing. This is key. This is important. This is priority. Now create this landing page, create this sales funnel, and then on and on down the road. If he does that, everyone on the team sees, Hey, he's not prioritizing the system. Why should I, whether it's a conscious decision or not. So that's why number two is so important is leading by examples. People have to be bought in because if they're not, it's never going to become part of the, the culture. We're never going to hear that's how we do things here. Okay. Is it a number three? Yeah, I had a couple others. And again, these are just a couple of high level things. But the next thing I, I, I would encourage a, a practical step would be uh, having someone who is a, a systems champion or depending how authoritarian you are, a systems czar. Um, and, and that would be someone in your organization who is the, the person whose systems is part of their business. Uh, another big myth that we see is that the business owner should be the one to identify and create the systems. And as we kind of mentioned before with the visionary, usually they're the worst person to create and, and document the systems. Ideally, you, you, you want to have that systems champion, that person who is more detail-oriented, who values systems and processes within their job and within the organization, and has the bandwidth to actually take this on because it is a little bit of a, a, a project. And yeah, if you have definitely. if you yeah, and and so if you have that that systems champion who is consistently there and and championing systems. Now you're going to have someone who who is always waving that that banner and that flag. Yeah. Something else that that you mentioned, and I think this is important for if you get to that if you want to get to that point to where you have a a viable and sellable business is yes on the one hand you have the documented organized systems, but at the other you're going to need a a project management system or software. So you're going to need that Asana, that Monday, that ClickUp, whatever it is. So you have your who does what by when. So you need the, the, you need the accountability just like with any other project within your organization. But that accountability is always pointing back to the, the, the systems culture and they're, okay. they're feeding each other. So just to, uh, to repeat that I heard it correctly. So you appoint the systems champion. They're going to be obsessed about uh, turning everything into systems. But then you also need uh, a project management solution, probably a software that will keep people on task that they will be updating their systems on a regular basis. What about uh, optimizing? So you, you, you finish the four steps. The fourth, first step was basically it's just the, the state of nature. So it's <laughs> the chaotic survival situation. And then people recognize the need. That's the stationary sticky note stage. And then they start to scale it and then make it sellable. And then you said that after comes the optimization. So how is the optimization different from, from the sellability, having all the systems together in one place with a czar or a champion and the project management software? How, how is the optimization and what does it look like? 
Yeah. And this is where it's going to start looking a little different for each business and, and industry, but I'll give you some of the, the key points that are, are going to be the same for, for most, if not all businesses. And the first one of those is after for, for our, our clients. So we come in and we help them identify the mission critical systems and we document those and we start to, to integrate a, a systems culture with, within their business. One of the next things that we're going to do that's really going to be key for optimization is we create a dashboard for their business. So that's going to have those numbers, those KPIs in, in your business, the lead and lag numbers that are going to begin to help us to diagnose what's going on. And, you know, anyone who's read the, the four disciplines of execution, you know, it, it, it's just having those, those winnable numbers within our business. Mm -hmm. When we're first starting off, if it's a smaller business, I'll ask the owner if they were on a desert island and they got a bottle that was delivered to them, you know, a message in a bottle and it had five numbers on it. What five numbers would they need to, to have to know the health of their business? So that's where we begin is just a simple dashboard that's going to help us have a pulse on what's happening within the business. Mm -hmm. And eventually when we find the key systems within our business and the key numbers, we can even bring that down to the, having a number for each system, which, which will tell us, okay, this is what we need to, to tweak within the business. And that's where it begins to get a little bit different for each business because every business is going to have different goals. So you might have one uh, business whose goal is to take a certain percent of the market share so that they can exit at, at a certain point. But you might have another business who says, hey, I want to build this to where it's a, a cash machine. And my main goal is to be able to step out, but I want to have key cash flow. Those two businesses are going to have very different goals. So the way that they fine tune their systems are going to be a little bit different. But basically, yeah. the idea is that you got your systems, they are managed with a project management solution. And then you start to measure those systems. You've got your dashboard. And then you look at the numbers and the numbers are not good enough. Then you tweak the systems to produce better numbers. And then it becomes a continuous, uh, continual process of optimization, something like that. And then your dashboard is going to be business specific, whether you want to uh, scale for an IPO or whether you want to just have a family business, with high margins, whatever it is, it's going to be optimized to produce that result for you. Exactly. You are a good listener, Steve. I, I see oh, why you, you must be an awesome you, consultant. You. You're like, let me just concise that down for you. <laughs> but yes, that, that, is, that is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to the beginning of the, the optimization process. Okay. Well, that's very attractive, certainly, uh, as a business owner. This is what you want. You want uh, systems. You want them to produce the numbers that you need to grow your business. And you want to have a mechanism to constantly uh, improve it and fine-tune it. So if uh, listeners would like to learn more and would like to have that system, mologized uh, system <laughs> in their business, then how can they find out more about systemology as a framework, as well as reach out to you? Maybe you can help them um, to implement it. Where do they find you? Yeah. So the first thing, if you just want to learn more about systemology and just begin to put this in your own business, highly recommend Systemology by Dave Jennings. Uh, great book, easy read. It's on Audible. Put it on there while you're driving or running. And then you, you'll have a, a basic blueprint for how to begin this in your own business. If you do have questions or you would like some help for this, 
I'm more than happy to get on a phone call with you and, and talk you through it or even share. We have a, a PDF, which is our, our system for systemizing. And uh, if you go to eijsystems.com slash MB, so for management blueprints, I'll put a link there and you guys can sign up. We can have a quick call together and more than happy to answer any questions you have or help you any way that I can. Okay, Management Blueprint, I love that. Um, <laughs> thank you for eijsystems.com slash MB. That's, that's great. My business was also called MB Partners. So it's a double win for, for me. Uh, so thank you for coming <laughs> on the show, uh, Joe. I really enjoyed uh, talking about systems. Uh, I know it's maybe boring for some people, but those people probably don't own a business and they can <laughs> afford to treat it as a boring subject. But for those of us who need to run things without being a slave to it we need systems so thanks for sharing uh, this and and please check out uh, joe's website he's also on linkedin you can reach uh, out to him uh, joe newton and if you enjoyed the show please don't forget to rate and review us on apple podcast uh, subscribe us on youtube and stay tuned next week because we'll have an another uh, framework being dissected with an entrepreneur that's going to come on the show so Thanks for coming, Joe, and uh, thanks for listening.